This episode of The House Glow is brought to you by Fun.com. Fun.com, the best place on the web to find officially licensed gifts, clothing, costumes, toys, and more. Fun.com also offers a variety of exclusive products they make themselves, and you won't find them anywhere else. Search great brands like Star Wars, Marvel, DC, Ghostbusters, Back to the Future, Care Bears, and many more. Click the Fun.com link in today's show notes and see the latest products, and also save 10% site-wide through August 7th of 2021. Your savings are automatically added to your cart, so just click the link and go have some fun shopping. Fun.com, your go-to destination for exciting and unique gifts. So you might as well outfit your wolf pack, because these savings will only last for a short time. They won't be for life. is a presentation of the Retro Network. The House Show. For over one year, the revolutionary force in retro sports entertainment podcasts. This one goes out to all the gorgeous ladies. The Retro Network, The House Show Podcast, and Fabergé Organics Shampoo proudly presents to you this detour on the path through the decade of decadence. As we turn the house show into the house glow. Now let's welcome to the stage your trio's tag team champions. The Mass Library, Kevin Hellions. The Educator of Excellence, and Sweet Maddie Treats. Now strap on your spandex glittering thongs, because there ain't no business like glow business. Welcome everyone to another edition of the House Glow it is me, as always, Mr. Matty Treats, and I'm joined by my trio's tag team partners. To my right is none other than the educator of excellence. Educator, how are the sales today, this weekend? Oh, there's no sales. Well, well no sailing on the uh, on the big St. Lawrence here. Rummage sailing, we had to set up for the village-wide sales locally uh, for us this past weekend, and boy, oh boy. What a long Friday and Saturday to get all that together. But today, hey, I'm in a great place, man. I just gave my final exam yesterday for driver education. Oh, summer is just a uh, tiptoe away. Yeah, uh, you're, you're, you're seeing summer. It's right on the horizon there. Now, question for you. You, you, you said you made a little money. Um, how much money did you spend at the rummage sale? And did you go around yeah. look at all or oh didn't go around stay at our house stayed at the house and just help uh man the actual sale with the wife and then i ended up having to take off about 11 to go to work for the game store 
There could have been Hasbro's out there. Oh, there probably was a boatload of them. Could have been there. Could have, would have, should have. It's a shame. It is. It's a damn shame. Speaking of men that bring shame onto their lives, Kevin, how are you doing? Saw it coming. Uh, I mean, my life is just chaos right now. The the house stuff is still happening, and I I've had a blog for years, like going on fifteen years, maybe longer. But I now have to have a food log. Oh yeah, because about the third time that I got violently sick within two months and had to lose time from work. You got to find out what's causing this. Yeah. What is going on with your digestive system right now, Kevin? I have no idea. Like, I know I'm allergic or have an intolerance to certain things, but I've been avoiding those things. And then it happened again. So now I'm trying to figure out, like, okay, what did I have? I've been sick three times in the last two months. What did I have? You know, those three times in my system. It's weird because usually when you're regurgitating, it's into a microphone. So. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, I just want to bring something up. I, I thought it was interesting. I, had... I did. I did. Yeah. Brought a lot up. Yeah, there it yeah. is. There, there it is. is. Um, you, you brought up something on your your hot tag series. Uh, you talked to uh, Mr. Pope there. Talked mm-hmm. to Adam. Mm-hmm. And you brought up the fact that uh, there's always one person that's picked on in a group, right? Yes. In a group of three. Okay. In a group of three, if only two are together, the third one who is not there gets picked on. Yep. And if all three are there, there's always a go. I have a theory on this. All right. Go with me. Educator, It. May, this really is a question directed to you because out of our three, I would think we pick on Kevin. I would I would agree. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we, we bust each other's balls as well, but mostly yeah. we, we Kevin. But I think it's because Kevin is the linchpin. He's our connector. He is our connector. He's our finger yeah. cuff. <laughs> he is our finger cuff, baby. Because without him, I would not know you. Exactly. Yeah, same way. Now, I'm curious if that is, in, in the rule of threes, if that's the way it works. If it's always that that middle person that brought the people that common, together. That common ground, right, exactly. I could see that. So you're saying that we're Eskimo wrestling buddies. And... <laughs> But because I was friends with you separately and you separately, as being the one that brought you both together, it's kind of like when you have um, in-laws for family, like my wife and my brother's wife can talk to each other about things that my family does because they're the outsiders coming into it. So they have that connection of we can make fun of it because we're both coming into the situation. Yeah. Yeah. So your hot tag series, Kevin, blowing up the charts. It's doing excellent. Talk Hellions, of course, coming out. Are you doing a separate feed for that? Have you have you talked to the big boss? We 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 are talking. We're um, messing around with the name and the title. We're messing around with the logos. It will end up being a separate feed, but we will update all of it uh, as soon as the details are ironed out here soon. And, and by the way, Kevin, I actually booked someone for you. Okay. Okay. So I was FaceTiming with my father earlier tonight. All right. And he's got a few arcade one-up machines that are just sitting in his his sitting in his room. Yeah. For some reason, he wanted like Pac-Man. He wanted like Asteroids and, and all those old games that he grew up on. Now, my dad does not play games, as you guys know, but he likes to spend money. So right? he loves gadgets. Uh, so he bought those. So I said to him, out of out of the blue, he goes, "Do you want them?" 
I said, one, how much? And two, yeah, of course. <laughs> I have a slot machine in my apartment. Of course I want, I want these games. Right. He goes, I said, how much do you want for them? He goes, just let me on your podcast. So, I said, well, I don't do the interview segments. I said, Kevin does them. He goes, you mean Diesel? Diesel Decent? Diesel. I said, yes, yes, Kevin does the podcast. He goes, I think he still owes me $20 from, from, from the Potsdam show. And I said, now, Dad, remember, Kevin paid for the ticket, gave the money to my brother, who then kept the money and blamed Kevin. So... This could be like my, my dad said he would do the podcast, Kevin, with you. Okay. This is your Bret Hart Shawn Michaels hug moment in front Raw. There it is. So, what do you think? We'll get get that in the works over the summer. Right, do you, do you need to be there for an editor or or to steer it at all? Oh, I don't care. I think That'd I need be to fun. be in the room with my dad because he doesn't know how Skype works. Okay. Because he's like, can I go on your podcast? I said, get Skype onto the phone. Well, how do I do that? I'm like, oh, jeez. So really what we need to do is when your dad comes down for some of the infamous potatoes, he just needs to get set up in your podcast studio. Yes. Or if I go home, I could just download Skype on my phone, and then he could just use my phone to be interviewed by you. There it is. So you got a guest for Talk Aliens or whatever you decide to call it. Do you have any names in the in the running? Um, we were. Jason was mentioning that Hellions talk might or Hellions talks might actually flow a little better and look a little better on the logo we're messing around with. Oh, oh my God. See, because my big thing was to bring back the T and the H stylized logo. There doesn't matter if it's T first or the H first, as long as it's there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I got. I get these nice teenage design t-shirts that have been just sitting in a closet that I need to wear to RetroCon. Are you going to? I'm planning on it. You know what my favorite photo of a TNH shirt is? Is Crone Meltzer getting picked up by Kevin Steen at a 2CW show. I love that picture. It's so stupid. Posted a couple times over the years. It is the most ridiculous, ridiculous um, photo I think ever at an indie show we've ever done. Also, I like the fact that my photo with Aldo Montoya and Duke the Dumbster Drossi getting play on uh, Twitter over the, over the last week. So I, I enjoyed that as well. Educator doesn't know. So Twitter is a thing where people get online. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What about it? Yeah, it's fun. You communicate oh. with people you really don't know. Like like the MySpace? Yeah, sort of. Tom's on there. Oh, okay. Well, well, I'm still trying to get the latest update for ICQ, so there I'm you hoping. Go, there you go. <laughs> How's your friendster? You up on any? Uh. All right, but why don't we get right into Glow? Uh, I think we're doing what episode are we doing? What Run for the Rubies? What, Kevin? Run Run for the Rubies Part Ten. Okay, so it's 10. episode 20, 23 and twenty four of the season. Okay, I'm so confused. Ten and by eleven for the run for the, the amount of. Yeah. The this numbers. whole thing, this whole glow is a very confusing wrestling show. So, yes. Uh, why don't we start in the women's locker room? Uh, we get uh, the Riviera card breakdown. Now, I actually have a note for the Riviera card breakdown because we I, we have we're down to the final four. Correct. Final four participants. I would believe so. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So they say in the card breakdown that we're going to see Godiva take on Daisy 
for the final spot? Right. I Well, not. I would assume one of the final, like a spot in the finals. No, they literally but said they- for the final spot in the run for the Rubies tournament. It's weird because of the fact I, I just don't understand how the pairing went off where it's that they had the battle royal from the first round and second round losers that, you know, Godiva wins so that the the final three ladies that actually survived the tournament, Daisy, Roxy, um, you know, and Cheyenne share so that they're not in a triple threat. I would just imagine that it would be. The you know because we were down to three that the winner of the battle royal just gets a bye to the semifinals, and this would be you know winner of this goes on to the finals. But I guess we'll see what happens. I honestly just kind of let it go because I was still distracted by the locker room opening and lightning looking fantastic. Yeah, I sent you a message about lightning. Mm-hmm. Saying, Best thing she ever did was distance herself from Thunderbolt and become closer to me. But you were always a Thunderbolt man. Yeah, I was not always. When it started out, I thought Thunderbolt was the cuter one. As I got to see more and more of Lightning, she became the winner. And I mean, geez, you both have had to spend many, many an hour with me, either at work or at play, and have seen me not pay girl attention at first but as the night continues or as the work experience continues suddenly she starts getting cuter and cuter it was funny because when thunderbolt first came around kevin you said man i would really like to fill that gap in her teeth well, it's something like that yes <laughs> okay i just want to make sure that's still a thing going on this is my I, I, yeah this is my prettiest girl in the room logic <laughs> what is what is your prettiest girl in the room project there you know what? You're a pretty girl in the room there. Kevin, I'm the only girl in the room. Oh, well, I guess I'm correct then. In the whole wide room. <laughs> whole wide room. Did you ever hear that? Uh, Flight of the Concord song? Oh, gosh, no. Oh, oh, I got I to gotta send that to you. Flight of the Concord's uh, prettiest girl in the whole wide room. <laughs> or the whole wide world. It's a hilarious song. Whole wide world. Yeah. It's, it's so funny. Walking down the street, depending on the street, whatever the, the lyrics are. I, I'm going <laughs> to listen to that tonight. So, um, so anyways, we get our shampoo commercial. We get Tiffany's glow gossip. We get our glow wrap. And then we go right into match number one on the card, which is MTV taking on Sally, the farmer's daughter. Sally getting on the microphone and talking about, hey, there's a hoedown here. Yeah. Getting a little salty with the innuendos, I say. Glad MTV stood her ground and decided to fight back and attack, let me tell you. I mean, MTV clearly looks better here than Sally does, but Sally's just... I don't know if she's getting worse or if I'm noticing it more. Um, Treats, when you acted in high school, considering we had a lot of the same teachers and, and people running the shows, even though we were never in one together, there was a lot of crossover for who was in charge there. I would always throw uh, gang signs to you on stage to get your attention. But what was their direction for if you don't have, if you're not speaking at the moment, what are you supposed to do? Blend in. Yeah, their direction was always freeze. Don't move. Don't do a thing. Don't do anything. I'm like, that looks stupid on stage. It just looks like now you're just scenery. May as well have a plant up there. Like, if you say don't talk, so you're not talking over the other person's line, fine, but pantomime something. Sally, anytime she's in the background during a glow rap, 
just freezes straight up deer in headlights. <laughs> all, all catatonic, staring straight ahead. Am I like... crazy? It, it's got to be the music because the music's off. But why does every one of the glow girls look like they have zero rhythm? Yeah. I mean, because they probably don't. They probably don't. The the, don't the rap sequences are so corny anyway, and it's got to be just the translation of the audio uh, onto you know the the streaming service that it's just it seems so off. I mean, you sent us Godiva on to tell the truth or whatever that was recently, and while well, she looks fantastic, she couldn't rap worth a damn no. still. <laughs> no. No, well, they can't rap. I'm just saying, even when they dance, they look awkward. They look like white people dancing. That is true. That reminds me, it did look like your wedding we went to, Kevin. Mm -hmm. I say that because I am one. I got cut off at that wedding. Just throwing that out there. They stopped letting me do shots. Stopped letting a lot of you do shots at the wedding. It was just me and Joe, pretty much. (laughs) Uh, So anyways, educator, why don't you go ahead and break down this match? Sounds good. Start of the match. We have MTV attacking Sally from behind after Sally made the comments about there being a hoedown here. And she starts dancing in the ring as a response to it. Sally comes back with a corner Irish whip and follows with a running flying head scissors. The ladies begin rolling around in the ring, jockeying for position. Eventually, MTV gets the upper hand and starts slamming Sally's head into the mat two or three times by the hair. We see MTV with a snap nair following up with a running drop kick from behind MTV climbs to the top rope and ends up dropping an awkward looking, but it lands an elbow from the top rope. MTV ends up hanging Sally's legs over the top rope and stomps her in the exposed abdominal midsection region. MTV with a corner Irish whip and Sally ends up catching a charging MTV by climbing onto her shoulders and then doing that infamous farmer's roll two times We see Sally with an arm drag as well, two times to follow up the double farmer's roll. We see Sally with a corner Irish whip. She charges in with a running kick. A second charge attempt for a running head scissors attempt. MTV ends up tossing Sally over the top rope and onto the floor. MTV follows Sally out on the floor, rams Sally into the ring apron a few times, and then tosses Sally back into the ring. We see MTV with a corner Irish whip. Sally ends up catching a uh, charging MTV with a head scissors and turns it into a Rana takeover. Sally puts MTV into the corner, climbs up onto her shoulders as if she's going to do another farmer's roll, but ends up sticking it and turning it into an actual victory roll, grabs onto the legs and holds MTV shoulders to the mat for the one, two, three pinfall. Your winner, Sally, the farmer's daughter. You know, much like a, Scientists left a petri dish out and accidentally created penicillin. Sally accidentally creates a Huna Conrana here at the end. Her Conrana, rather. Absolutely not trying to. It's not like she was influenced by anyone. It just kind of happens. Um, as as crappy as the announcer is, and I got a bad match later on for it, um, he needs to just admit when stuff isn't going well in the ring and not try to cover it because like he keeps talking about Sally's big moves. I'm like, she's whiffing them. She's missing. She's barely connecting. The camera angle looks horrible and MTV's doing a great job selling it. But I, I think the more that you try to pretend a move is good when it clearly isn't the worse it seems. 
MTV definitely like I don't know when it happened, but definitely the ring general in this match, like really getting some aggression out of Sally, you know, uh, some not attitude, but just like enthusiasm, uh, uh, effort, um, especially when they kind of rolled each other over and were attempting pin attempts for a while and rolled completely out of the ring. All MTV. Only issue I had at all with her is that off the top elbow that she does is real close to the corner like dangerously close either of them could have got hurt bad for that but that's kind of the setup for you know between how that ring is set up the training everything here um i kind of don't like i see sally in uh because i was telling these guys in the pre-show i've been watching a little bit of glow from before the time that's on to be stuff that i can find on youtube sally's there as just the farmer's daughter at the time because there wasn't two of them so she didn't need a name, which means she has more experience here, and she's still this bad. I don't know what's going on with her. Kevin, I know previously you brought up the um, the announcer. Obviously, we always talk about the announcer, but you brought up that you kind of wanted to interview him and stuff like that. So um, if, if you Google Motormouth Mike Morgan, which is the name of the thing, some very interesting comments he's made about working for GLOW and how the owner was a psychopath, I think are his exact words. And he wanted things done a certain way. So I think he's just saying what he's being told to say. Probably. Probably. So we're saying that he he did what he he did his job and you can't blame someone for wanting to do their job and just get paid and support their family, despite him saying awful things. So anyways, we followed it up with Dr. Feel and Grope, and he's having a consultation with Cheyenne Cher. We get another shampoo commercial. We get Cher sporting some weird tan lines in that commercial. We get some Zelda zingers. And then we get match number two on our card, which is me. I got got so much to talk about. It's Major Tanya taking on uh, Tulsa, the farmer's mother, or whatever her name is. Oh, yeah. Okay, so Kevin, question for you. Yeah, yeah. Because you mm-hmm. you've talked about the farmer's daughter, and you talked about Tulsa mm-hmm, mm-hmm. once or twice. Now, have you seen uh, Pie before? Are are we doing a bit, or are we being serious? Here? I'm just asking. Have you seen Pie before? Yes. Okay. Um, so, do you know what an apple pie looks like? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Do you know what a cream pie looks like? D- yes. So, yes, I, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Tulsa has a pie that she gives to Major Tanya here. Yep. Would you say we are seeing Tulsa's apple pie, or are we seeing Tulsa's cream pie? That absolutely, in my wealth of experience, looks like a cream pie. Right? It looks like Tulsa is trying to give away a cream pie. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, this is cream pie leads to nothing. Nothing happens with it. What was the whole point? A little, a little Americana here trying to pass off some generosity and nothing comes of it. There's no sampling of the pie. There's no pie spot. There's no ramming the, your opponent into the pie. I wanted to see a pie spot in this match and I was so heavily disappointed. Like, if you want to bring out an apple pie for it being Americana and everything, I get it. That would make sense against Tanya. And you want to put whipped cream on it too for the spot. Sure. But if you put whipped cream on an apple pie, it looks much different than a cream pie. Because right. the apple pie has the, the top to it. The cream pie does not. It's going to look different. 
it's this is clearly a cream pie for this. Oh, it's absolutely Tulsa's cream pie. I think Tulsa's the one that's throwing the pie at Vicky Victory in the Mirror Mayor segments. I don't oh. get those segments. Is she supposed to be a face or a heel? I'm confused. <laughs> she's a face character in the ring, but she's a heel backstage. Well, they all are. Like, they're all, you know, part, you know, explicit label here for this week's episode. They're all bitches to each other in their little spots. And especially, like, the one-liners that go over the credits, whether they're heel or face. Yeah, it's just... All right, uh, Educator, why don't we pass it to you? Why don't you break down Major Tanya versus Tulsa and what goes on with this cream pie? Oh, the cream pie is just passed on to Major Tanya at the start of the match. Major Tanya just puts it down in the corner and nothing ever comes of that Major Pie. Instead, we end up starting the match with Major Tanya with a big hip toss. Tulsa ends up rebounding with an arm drag of her own to follow up. We see Major Tanya with a big fireman's carry into a slam, throwing Tulsa down to the canvas. Major Tanya executes a corner Irish whip and ends up doing a double leg takedown and sends Tulsa across the ring with a catapult. And actually, the catapult sends Tulsa through to the floor. Tulsa ends up ramming the head of Major Tanya into the canvas a few times. Major Tanya counters and ends up uh, tossing Tulsa back underneath the bottom rope into the ring. We see Major Tanya with a big scoop slam, but ends up turning it into a backbreaker drop over her knee. Major Tanya does a, uh, a leg drop over Tulsa's throat and proceeds to choke Tulsa with her uh, leg exposed over Tulsa's throat while sitting down on the mat. We end up seeing Major Tanya with a big pile driver after parading Tulsa upside down in her arms like an upside down bear hug around the ring. After the big pile driver spot, Major Tanya is basically jaw jacking with the crowd, hesitates, but ends up does do the double leg fold up jackknife pin and celebrates the big one, two, three pinfall victory. Your winner and now American Pie slash Cream Pie owner, Major Tanya. I mean, it's a glorified squash match. Like, it also barely gets anything in here at all. It there's like just a little bit just to make it look good at the start, but really it's all Tanya. And again, Tulsa's just not that good in the ring here, even for glow levels. Um, very like angry spots from Tanya too. Uh, she just goes in and is going after Tulsa's face, like ripping at it and clawing at it and everything, like really kind of messed up for glow here. But then she sets up for pile driver. I'm thinking, why, why, in God's name, would you put Tulsa up for pile driver? There's no way she's going to be able to prepare herself for this move. Tanya walks around with her in the pile driver position, finally hits it, then just walks around some more, and then finally goes for the pin. Like this makes no sense. It could have been a devastating move, quick three count, signature move, signature spot, or anything. Nothing. You know what? Put the pie underneath Tulsa's head. Have her pile drive Tulsa right into the pie. Then at least it would have been used. At least something would have happened here. Such a weird match. I mean, I understand making Tanya look strong. Uh, she does have a bit of a long-term storyline going on here. But this was just honestly kind of bizarre. We talk about how they go through moves. And I feel like this pile driver is a move that everyone is doing now. 
Yeah. We see it multiple, multiple times. It seems to be like the go-to. Like Beastie typically uses it at her, as her finish. Uh, we've talked about it a bunch throughout the show. And yeah, there's a whole bunch of girls that are doing the kneel down front face pile driver um, pretty much to finish the match. Did they not know what a Michinoku driver was in 89? I mean, come on. But we got the her and Karana. That the, I know. Just oh. made. The farmer's Karana, if, if you will. So. I mean, there's a. I mean, have we seen a D like a legit DDT? No. Yeah, I was gonna no. Say. We've I mean, seen a like D- an, a messed up a, suplex. A, yeah, but I mean, like a, a safe spot, safer spot, I would think, would be a DDT, where you're taking a face, you know, more of a face bump on the belly than picking up a girl and dropping her square down, be, with on your knees. No. To me, to me, a sit-out pile driver when you're when you're the one landing on your rear, you're the one taking most of the bump. A kneeling pile driver, there is so much room for sliding that your opponent down and dropping them square on their head. So we follow that up with Godiva's bare facts, and then we get MTV's glow connection. A-OK DJ, baby. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to experience that live, come to RetroCon. Oh, baby. Um, and that leads us to match number three on the card, which is Sarah and Mabel with Beastie taking on Lightning and the cheerleaders, Vicky Victory and Cheyenne Cheer. Uh, this is like, what is this? Anything goes match? Sounds like it's an anything goes. It's weird. Lightning is all of a sudden now singles again. We just talked about being with Thunderbolt last week on last week's episode, and now it's just crazy. Anything goes, no referee, no DQ. The ref's only there to count the three fall, the pinfall for the three. I mean, I think lightning makes more sense here with the cheerleaders and fits in well, moveset, talent-wise, everything, than Beastie does with Sarah and Mabel. Right. We're going to just throw people together. That's a mega odd couple right there. <laughs> yeah. Odd trio. Who would you have Sarah and Mabel team with, then? Gremlina. Gremlina, yeah. But she doesn't really wrestle. She's more of an Aunt Kitty-like. Right. No, and she hasn't been around in forever either. Right. Um, Educator, do you want to break down this Anything Goes match? I will. So Sarah and Mabel tagging up with BC to take on Cheyenne Cher, Vicky Victory, the cheerleaders, and Lightning. We see a start of the match with a pyramid in the ring with Lightning on top, kind of like a little celebratory cheer uh, to begin the match, but the heels end up attacking the faces mid-cheerleader pose. We see a triple Irish whip where all the heels end up throwing the ladies in the center of the ring, colliding them together. The heels end up taking the girls down to the middle of the ring, and they end up doing a triple rowboat, stretching out those inner thigh muscles back and forth multiple times. The faces end up reversing that triple rowboat thigh stretch and end up working the heels with it as well. We see Beastie essentially no-sell two dropkick attempts by lightning to the back. We see Sarah and Mabel basically doing a wishbone uh, essentially crotching on the post, Cheyenne Cher dragging her uh, towards the uh, ring post on the floor while Cheyenne Cher is flat-backed in the ring. We see Vicky Victory trying to prevent Sarah and Mabel from uh, harming Cheyenne Cher by trying to grab her by the hands and pull her back into the ring, but unfortunately, Vicky Victory was not successful. 
We see BC with an over-the-shoulder power slam to Lightning. And then mid-match, we end up getting a full-screen interview in set where Sarah and Mabel and then eventually Vicky Victory and Cheyenne Cher counter-respond to Sarah and Mabel and that Sarah and Mabel are now back talking as a response to Vicky Victory and Cheyenne Cher. I am guessing there had to be awkward botches and injury or something mid-match where this was their way of editing around it so that people at home would not see what was going on. Eventually, we come back and we see the faces doing a charging cradle where all three of them leap into the arms of the heels and they end up doing a side headlock takeover uh, to bring the heels to the canvas. The faces end up doing a three-way Irish whip to the center that causes all the heels to collide in the middle of the ring. We see the cheerleaders hit suplexes to Sarah and Mabel, who then in turn, Sarah and Mabel start get frustrated with each other and they start attacking each other and they're rolling around on the on the ring apron and off to the floor. At one point, we see Beastie with a big scoop slam attempt onto Lightning, but the cheerleaders go rock and roll express style and they hit a double drop kick to the back of Lightning to cause that scoop slam attempt to turn into essentially a cross body, causing Beastie to fall flat back into the ring. And then the cheerleaders end up doing a double splash onto a downed Beastie while Lightning is still. Uh, you know, laying across her body. So now all three ladies end up pinning a downed beastie for a one, two, three pinfall victory. Post-match, we see all the faces. They get beat up by the heels on the floor. At one point, Vicky Victory is thrown into the big plywood pillar uh, in the uh, off to the side. And then, uh, you know, Kevin Nash must have gotten, you know, the inspiration for that Rey Mysterio lawn dart on Nitro that one year that we saw in 96, throwing uh, Rey Mysterio headfirst into the production truck because we see Beastie pick up lightning onto her shoulders and then Sarah and Mabel also grab lightning's legs and all three of them triple team harpooned, uh, you know, poor lightning into a different uh, pillar in onto the side of the ring there and yeah big time sell as if she's got injured from that eventually security comes down ringside and ends up dragging all the heels back to the locker room question for you educator because you bring up how they lawn dart her into the pillar they bring up the stretcher for her I don't remember there being a stretcher job I know at one point <laughs> there there definitely was not a stretcher job yeah I was gonna say Kevin do you remember how she sells this don't they carry her off? No, she gets right back up and pushes yeah, the heels. Like yeah. nothing happened. Nothing. nothing there was no cell job. Yeah. The art of the cell was just not there. <laughs> um, We knew we were in for something good, I think, with right at the beginning with Cheyenne Cher's rap, where she rhymes Wounded Knee and Geronimo over the course of her rap. Which she usually seems to be the one avoiding it. Like Sarah and Mabel make jokes that are inappropriate, but Cheyenne Cher, for the most part, hasn't, you know, brought up her heritage herself in her promos. Kevin, um, I'm yeah. When she received the script, do you think she had reservations about saying her lines? Oh, she's so. Uh, I do appreciate the rowboat spot. I don't know why. I know it's hokey. I know it's ridiculous, but for you know, a four-person one is great. Six-person one is even better here. 
Um, I like Vicky teaming up with them. I think, or sorry, uh, Lightning teaming up with them. I think Lightning, Shy, and Cher could have been really more, would have made more sense as a team than with Vicky. Um, and that's nothing against Vicky. I've, you know, she's doing well for a character there, but her athletic skills are just, I'd say she's third out of the three of them. Uh, the inset that happens where the com- match is completely covered up. Well, it's not completely covered up. You can kind of see like a border. I swear I saw a chair get grabbed at some point. So that was my best guess that someone tried to use a chair and that's what was getting, you know, blocked out or whatever. Um, ending match made sense. Pinfall's all right. Beastie with the, the rolling tackle into the cheerleaders, lightning and Johnny C. I kept laughing. It was just so ridiculous. Silver top. And that was actually, a, you know, besides the no selling, that was a pretty good fight at the end. Like it was, this was an enjoyable match overall. Which, which some episodes of Glow, we don't even get one of those. <laughs> Most episodes of Glow. <laughs> I think we, we've said when they just stick to brawling, it's much better than when they're trying to actually yeah. wrestle. Exactly. No. Doesn't come off as you know, hokey, forced, whatever. They just brawl back and forth. Yeah. All right, so we follow that up with a Mountain Fiji dream sequence with Justice. Then we get a shampoo commercial. And then we get Reform School with Sarah and Mabel. They got to use the word usury in a sentence. So if you want to change the channel, use a remote control. Sounds about right. It was really bad. They probably got one of the ones that has a cord that actually connects the remote to the TV. Has all the individual buttons for the channel stations. Mm-hmm. Just push push button 38 to go to channel 38. Yeah. Doesn't go click. It goes chunk. Yeah, chunk. <laughs> so match number four on the card tonight is the Widow in Black taking on Tiffany Mellon. Um, Kevin, mm-hmm. question for you. Mm-hmm. Now, you've been to college. Yeah. How many times have you poisoned a woman's drink? <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't even do the street face This isn't the poison drink widow match. Oh, that's Vicky Victory. <laughs> that's, yeah. Right, let me, uh, you want to try it again? Yeah, let me try that again. Add it, add it, add it, add it. Kevin. Yeah. Um, out of all <laughs> the Okay, okay, okay. Let me try, let me try that one more time. Let me try that one more time. I might just leave all this out. <laughs> Kevin. Yeah. You've you've been following Tiffany Mellon's career. Mm-hmm. Would you Up say this down. is? Um, I, I did tell you that I saw her match with Shawn Michaels. No, it's S E A N. So maybe it's first time, but not last time. <laughs> all right. Um, educate. What did you think of this match? It was uh, a pretty short match, uh, a little bit of back and forth uh, between the ladies, but, um, you know, it, unexpected victory, I guess. Uh, Widow finally gets the pin after botched pinfall attempts, but, you know, it was a meh match for me. You know what's, you know, you know what's crazy is, so, spoiler alert, Widow in, the Widow in Black has a match in the next part of our episode against Vicky victory where she poisons the drink. Vicky drinks it and passes out. Right. And she gets the win. 
Why isn't that the first match we see of this new character? That is mm. your introduction to this character is that she's Absolutely. poisoning people to win. Like it boggles my <laughs> I know there's no logic, and I I keep saying, why is Kevin trying to find logic in Glow? Why are we trying to figure this out? But if we were going to introduce this character, that's how I would do it, or with those matches to begin with. Right. At least that gives you a little bit more of a backstory and understanding of of what she's what she what's her goal, where she's coming from, her shadiness here. Um, this kind of match, just trying to hand a flower over to Johnny C. Um, yeah, didn't really do too much for me here. All right, educator, why don't you go ahead and just break down uh, this one? All right, so we see the start of the match where the widow in black tries to give a flower to Johnny C, but Tiffany Mellon ends up getting involved and takes the snatches of flower out of Johnny C's hand and says, This is cheap, unlike the big, flashy, fancy ring she's wearing in the ring. The Tiffany Mellon ends up starting the match with an arm drag and then hits a running knee lift to the widow in black. Tiffany Mellon tries to suplex the widow, uh, but instead the widow turns it into essentially a, a botched shake, rattle and roll neck breaker to take Tiffany Mellon to the mat. We see Tiffany Mellon with a slingshot off of the ropes and ends up uh, getting a big scoop slam onto the widow and ends up reversing uh, the widow ends up reversing it kind of almost into a hip toss arm drag like takeover. We see the widow trying to pull off the fancy ring from Tiffany Mellon's hands. Uh, why she's still wearing that ring in the match is beyond me, but Tiffany Mellon ends up slapping back against the widow in black to avoid getting that ring stolen from her. The widow ends up reversing a corner Irish whip. Tiffany Mellon ends up booting uh, the widow in the abdomen when she's charging into the corner for an attack. The ladies start pulling each other's hair. Each girl ends up yanking a big clump of each other's hair out. I'm assuming these were extensions uh, that were they're actually ripping out of each other's head because, man, they were pretty good sized chunks. We see the widow end up climbing to the top rope and ends up hitting an elbow drop onto a standing Tiffany Mellon that ends up knocking her down. The widow hits a running drop kick and tries to do uh, a drop elbow, a running elbow drop, but Tiffany Mellon ends up rolling away. Tiffany Mellon goes for a big splash. Tiffany Mellon ends up after the big splash, tries to hold the widow's shoulders to the mat three times. Uh, and the widow just ends up scurrying out and rolling her shoulder. But eventually, at one point, Tiffany Mellon is able to do an over-the-body press with a pose in the ring and ends up holding the widow down for a big one-two-three pinfall. Your winner of the match, Tiffany Mellon. It seemed like as it got going on, it was less a wrestling match and more of a real fight here between the two of them. Yeah, I like really I, think they were going hard against each other. There must have been a slip up or something, backstage heat, who knows, but there were some pretty stiff slaps back and forth. Yeah, because we've seen Dementia hold her own, and she does not look good here. Maybe it's against Tiffany, because I've never thought like Tiffany had a great match, which is why you know we've brought up before she'd be a good manager. She'd be good for different characters here. Um, But yeah, there's a slap here that's so nasty there's a moment where they just stop neither one like i don't know if they went for the same move at the same time called it wrong or someone stuffed the other or if they were just confused the pulling each other his hair out even though it was you know yeah probably an extension of plant whatever still looks violent as hell widow just clawing at tiffany's chest really digging in there too like just violent as hell for it 
um and some moves that just didn't click i'm like oh geez why are you even doing this like widow can be better tiffany should be better than this but oh it was a mess of a match and then that pinfall attempt just repeatedly trying for the pinfall not happening and she just struggles for it and even when tiffany finally gets it because this isn't first time we've seen it it's still not even a position where like oh yeah that would absolutely keep someone's shoulders down for three like getting them into that position it's still not enough leverage or or bent in a certain way or or angle or anything it's just like yeah I'm gonna give up it's glow what my one loss record doesn't really matter here like just such an odd match i wonder if widow it would assume that they're taping an order which we know they're not but based on her match later and this one it just seems like she didn't have it in her to wrestle full match like we've seen her able to do before maybe injury maybe hurt maybe just winding down doesn't have the energy for it anymore i'm not sure was actually i i we've liked this character a lot and this was probably my least favorite match in either persona that she's been in so we followed that up with the beasties beanery then we get a shampoo commercial we get country girl dates and then we move on to our main event which is daisy versus godiva in which I thought was a finals match for the run for the rubies. Yeah, I thought this was a semifinals. The winner is now going to go on to the next match, which would be the battle for the championship. But, but. they say that the winner's taking on Roxy Astor. Yeah, I don't know. Weird. Nod and smile is all I can do, man. Yeah. That'd be great if we had a tournament bracket in front of us ever for this, but no. <laughs> It's it's frustrating. It's frustrating. So, uh, what'd you guys think of this one? Uh good back and forth match. I uh, honestly did not expect the finish to be what it was, and uh, kind of happy that the finish ended up being what it ended up being. So, yeah, fun times. I really thought they were putting the rocket ship onto Daisy, and uh, we we're going to push her to the moon. I expected Daisy to be in the finals, but this is definitely not going to be the case. I think that we've seen Daisy build up a lot of confidence since the first episode and she gets better and better and is more entertaining. Godiva is building up some confidence too. Like when she's on and it's clicking, she's not bad. Like I've been enjoying her matches with a little more confidence here. And this was a fun one. Yeah. Daisy too tall to hit the Buckingham bounce sound. I guess we will find out with the educators breakdown. So the start of the match begins. Both ladies are grabbing each other by the hair. They end up doing a double mare takedown, flip over onto the mat, and end up doing a twisting hair, kind of like a big neckbreaker bump to each other. We see Godiva with a running drop kick and then a running headlock cradle takedown to Daisy. Godiva tries to do a second running jump up cradle headlock takeover, but Daisy ends up blocking it and ends up dropping Godiva on her back for a big slam. We see Daisy with an Irish whip, and she tries to do the big Kevin Nash boot, but Godiva ends up catching it, uh, but Daisy ends up hitting a pretty decent-looking crescent kick off of that big boot catch. We see Daisy with a standing snap suplex, a pretty pretty decent-looking snap suplex, actually. Daisy goes for a second suplex attempt, but Godiva ends up reversing it. We see Godiva do a cartwheel handspring into a big elbow drop onto a downed Daisy. Godiva tries to do a running bulldog, but Daisy stops it and ends up hitting a side Russian leg sweep to take Godiva to the mat. 
Daisy attempts to do an Irish whip, but Godiva hits a sunset flip on a Daisy for a two count from the referee. Godiva hits another running drop kick to take Daisy off of her feet. Godiva tries to do a second running bulldog, but again, uh, we see Daisy stopping it and turns it into another side Russian leg sweep to take Godiva to the mat. We see Daisy with a big pile driver, but then she's not going for the pinfall attempt whatsoever. She's essentially raising Godiva's hands to see if she's responsive and is going to get up. She ends up finally rolling Godiva over for the pin. But when Daisy goes for the press onto Godiva's body, uh, Godiva ends up rolling over, uh, rolling her over into a presser of her own. But Godiva ends up botching uh, the finish with the foot on the ropes for extra leverage. But she eventually finally gets her balance and settles it on there, puts her foot on the rope for the extra leverage and gets the one, two, three pinfall Godiva. And I have in my notes advances to the final, but apparently that's not exactly the case, but you went into the match and advancing to the next round for the run for the rubies is Godiva making a big comeback from her elimination and winning the battle Royal. And now advancing on by defeating Daisy. Uh, you know, you mentioned suplex and a couple other things. Like, there were some real, real good moves in the match. I was impressed with both of them. I was real impressed with Godiva's leverage to be able to pull some of this off against all six foot two of Daisy. But then Daisy, again, here we are with the new signature move of the, of the week with a pile driver. And that's a bad pile driver. That was scary. That was bad. Godiva sticking her hands out for it, like grasping for anything to get out of the hold. It seemed like, like I, I was just waiting for something horrible to happen to Godiva here with it. Um, other than that, though, I really like the match. I like Godiva just going full heel, taking that cheap win with her feet on the ropes, even though it took her a while to get it against Daisy. Both of them working as heels here. Uh, Daisy didn't even have a rap on the way in, probably because I feel like her last solo rap has been either I just turned face or I'm with Gremlina. So she doesn't really have one that works right now for her. Um, but Godiva was fantastic here. Really done, did well. You, you know, looks like a champion here. Absolutely. Of course, so does Daisy. Like, I, if, God, if you just could have book glow in a way to make all this stuff matter this would have been a great semi-final whatever it was in red for ruby's tournament that you would have been so excited for because both of them would have looked like possible champions you could believe both of them would win yeah it's a shame there's potential and i think that's what's frustrating about the show there's a good show somewhere in there it's just things are so out of whack and out of order so it's it's like when an adult yells at you when you're younger. Like, you've got so much potential to be doing more. I've never had that happen, Kevin. Have you? Uh, uh, we'll talk about it when your dad guests, I guess. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> uh, so we get a mirror, mirror on the wall segment. We get a don't drink and drive segment uh, from Hollywood. Love it. Hollywood. I'm going to save that and make sure we uh, we show that next year for our little PSAs for driver education. There you go. Then we get Cheyenne Shares uh, Folklore Tales. Then we get Credits. We get Johnny C with Big Bad Mama. Any Anything to take from that? It's our, our generic no, 
other stuff. Out of all of the segments, the Cheyenne Cheer Indian Folklores is the worst one. Yeah, it really is. I think it's worse it's like than trying, Reform School. I think it's just because it's trying to be super serious, and you can't mm-hmm. really have anything super serious in this particular. It's it's kind of like sketch comedy in the end. It's you know, it's not bad. She's not saying anything bad. It's very nice that she wants to do this for her heritage, but there's no space for it here in Glow. Right, it makes zero sense. So that's gonna do it for episode run for the Rubies Part Ten. I guess. And we'll be back after this small commercial break with some more glow action. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hi guys, Kevin here with yet another fine glow product for you. No, 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 it's not more Fabergé. It's not even Brute. It's the new Tulsa's Cream Pies. Oh, Gosh, I feel better every time I just bury my face into one of Tulsa's cream pies. It could be any flavor. Apple, pumpkin, pecan, strawberry rhubarb, anything. No matter what she puts inside of it, as long as the cream pie is on top, you know it is delicious. Why, just the other day, I was thinking, you know sitting here all by myself feeling a little bit lonely what could make me feel better and I started to google just things that might help me out put me in a good mood there it was Tulsa's cream pie right at the top of the search bar oh and let me tell you good half hour later I felt ready for the day after a nap of course but I know some of you might prefer to go at it with a fork a knife maybe even a spoon maybe even some smaller portions but Man, I just can't get enough of bearing my face right into Tulsa's cream pies. Now available in your grocer's freezer. And we are back. And we are in Kevin's favorite place, the women's locker room. Then we go to my favorite place, which is the Riviera in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. We get a card breakdown. Then we go to the educator's favorite place, getting shampooed. <laughs> I don't. You like a spa day? I do. Yeah, once you seem while, like a man you know, that likes to be pampered. You got yeah, absolutely. Once in a while, you just gotta let it all hang out, relax, tie up your P's and Q's. You know, t- tie up all your loose ends, man. Get everything all all squared. Have away. you um a, a question for you guys? Because I know you've gone on. Uh, probably more of a question for the educator. No offense, Kevin, but I feel like you've probably gone on more couples trips with with the Mrs. Educator. Yeah, absolutely. than Kevin has with Mrs. Hellions here. So have you guys ever done a, uh, a, a couples massage? Not a massage. Can tell you that I have had a pedicure before, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. You have? No man, no manny, but I did get a petty once just to How was humor the wife. Uh, you know, got the little clear coat on. You know, it was weird when watching the one lady work on the wife's uh, feet, you know, completely skin to skin, no gloves or anything. But then the other lady working on my feet gloved up like there was no tomorrow, man. It was weird. It's fine. Um, Kevin, it's what mm-hmm. you ever gotten a couple's massage? No, no, nor many petty nor single for it or whatever. I would. However, I'm curious about the little fish. 
that they do the pedicures for. They eat all the dead skin. Curious about that. I think I would try that. I'm not sure if the fish are gloves, though. You know what I don't trust, Kevin? Is with, fish? Is with, well, yeah. God damn that tray, Anastasia. Um, no, it's when the the Manny Petty place is next door to the all-you-can-eat sushi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? I don't trust it. I don't trust it. So um, so anyways, we get Tiffany's Glow Gossip. We get the Glow Rep. Yes. Sorry, it's been a while since Tiffany said something this funny. So I had to write it down. Wait, wait. It did, did, did Elise make you write this down? No, no. No, she wasn't around for it. She said... That Big Bad Mama did not pay her voodoo tax on her zombie, so it got repossessed. Not, 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 not repossessed. The Linda Blair starring movie that was on Comedy Central way too much when we were younger. Yeah, I got it, Kevin. Yeah, I got it. Thank you, thank you, Kevin. Thanks. Did Thanks. you get that one? I did. Mean Gene and Jesse Ventura calling the action in it. Uh, thank you, Kevin. Okay. Thanks. We got it, Kevin. You, d- you did it. Are you happy with yourself, Kevin? Always. Someone has to be. There you go. There you go. So match number one. Why is this opening? <laughs> Let me go out of thing. Major Tanya versus Nanachka is match number one. Why this is the opener and not a main event on a show yeah, is beyond. Well, this, this is like is... The, the whole feud as to why we have the whole tournament. Because these two are now going at it, it you know. Fighting each other, Nanachka didn't feel like she needed the crown to establish her superiority or whatever. Why not have this be your co-headliner? Yeah, your co-main event for, and then your main event is the finals of the run for the rubies for the crown. Right, that would Mm -hmm. make sense. Speed, you have ideas to rebook. Sequel quest glow. Sequel quest round two. There we go. Writes itself, Kevin. Oh, boy. That actually might work. <laughs> we each have to book four weeks of Glow Television. <laughs> Our new podcast, Who Booked the <laughs> Educator, why don't you break down this grudge match for us? All right. We have a collar and elbow tie-up to start the match, and the ladies end up hitting opposite ropes. Uh, to bounce off, but Ninochka ends up hitting a drop kick to take Major Tanya down. Major Tanya does recover and hits a corner Irish whip and does a one-legged monkey toss to send Ninochka to the opposite corner of the ring. Ninochka eventually does end up countering and does a one-legged monkey toss of her own. Major Tanya responds with a two-handed arm drag to pull Ninochka down to the canvas, and the girls are rolling back and forth trying to jockey for a position. Major Tanya ends up doing an Irish whip, and Nanachka ends up hitting a running back elbow to knock Major Tanya to the canvas. Nanachka with an upside-down reverse bear hug as if she's going to set up for you know a possible pile driver, but Major Tanya ends up countering by shifting her body weight and then flipping uh, Nanachka over with a big back body drop. We see Major Tanya with an Irish whip, and she ends up catching Nanachka with a big hip toss, goes for a pinfall attempt, only gets a two count from the referee. Both of the girls hit each other and catch each other with essentially double arm drags where they both face splash bump into the ring. 
We see Nanachka with a running drop kick and a sunset flip takeover uh, to pull Nanachka off of the apron and to the floor. Uh, on the floor, Nanachka ends up bealing, uh, or I should say, Major Tanya ends up uh, bealing Nanachka over onto the floor. Nanachka counters with a one legged monkey toss, but then for some reason, she goes for a pinfall attempt on the floor. Nanachka ends up rolling into the ring and ends up barely beating the 20 count from the referee. So the bell rings and Nanachka is declared the winner. The girls end up battling back and forth post-match in the ring. And then eventually Major Tanya goes outside of the ring. Nanachka grabs the microphone and claims that she wants this match to go. Uh, and eventually wants to set up for another match that has a definitive finish. Here one another match by count-out finish. Nanachka. I announced her awful, as always, with Nanachka. And honestly, like, I was disappointed in it overall. And it it just really didn't seem we've seen much better Nanachka matches many times over. And it wasn't, you know, all the crap the announcer was saying about her. It was just really, like, it wasn't happening. Nothing was clicking here. It seemed to be filling time. And then when they finally go to the outside and start fighting, fight so long that Nanachka just barely rolls in to beat the 20 count and then continue fighting, that was interesting. Then it got good. That was a good fight between the two of them. That was aggressive. Nanachka seemed to finally like punch in for work, ready to go. That was exciting. And why have the match end that way when this is your big, honestly, your only long-term feud here in GLOW? I can't imagine they're doing a cage match in Glow, but during normal wrestling booking and logic, that's what this would be leading to, would be a cage match. So neither can escape, so 20 counts don't matter, so they can go at it and just fight and brawl. Like normal wrestling booking, that's what this is going to. There's not a chance in hell, and if, if it does, I will be very shocked and amazed if Glow actually does one. I can't imagine that's happening. Like, I, I really, I, I regret putting this out there but for the start of it i started wondering is the announcer right a little bit like does the nachka gotten worse so she phoned in is she having other troubles here because i was just for who used to be a champion here this, this is probably until the ending most disappointing nachka match i've seen i mean it it has become obvious from the start with her being the glow champion from the start of the season to going through. Yeah, there, there has been a weight gain and the gear change, not helping her at all whatsoever with whatever gimmick she's going towards. I just, I think that just to me, the announcer just being so over the top with the continuous barbs uh, regarding the weight gain, the turncoat, the you know the 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 pink elephant, blah blah blah. I mean, it's just there's nothing else that he this guy will do or say in regards to Nanachka, no matter what. But there is it, it appears to be like timings off, or her moves aren't as crisp whatsoever. I mean, we have have we seen since. The gimmick change, her doing the backflip off of the top rope. I don't remember no. seeing one at all. And I you know, we were we used to be super impressed with you know the one time where she did the backflip and then like did the driving elbow drop from there. 
how cool that was. And then now it's just like, hmm. What's really weird if you if you know treats you decide to follow up is the there is a pay-per-view match where she challenges somebody for the glow crown in Ashka, and it's weird seeing her one with long hair, like super long hair, and two, it's not dyed blonde, it's brown. That and it will just completely throw you for a loop. Trying to like you're looking at her. Is that really Nanachka? Is that her? But oh yeah, it is. Maybe the real Nanachka and the real <laughs> Ultimate Warrior are hanging oh, out no. <laughs> on a beach somewhere. And those were the body Maybe. doubles. Just throwing it out there. I thought Carrie Von Eric was Ultimate Warrior too. No. No. Oh. So we follow that up with Dr. Feel and Grope having a consultation with Beastie. We get a shampoo commercial. We get Zelda Zingers. And then we get match number two on our card, which is Vicky Victory taking on the Widow in Black. Educator, question for you. What do you got? All right, we're going to RetroCon. We're going to be going to the concert after, which is at a a bar. Having a few drinks. It's also a bowling alley, too. Oh, baby. Um, Are you going to throw a couple back? Duh. Couple ramen, co- ramen cokes all day. Oh, baby. you're not doing Shirley Temples? Nah, I'm not a Shirley Temples guy. No. Uh, Kevin. Yeah. We all know you like to drink. True. You gonna do some Shirley Temples? I don't know that I've ever had a Shirley Temple. No. Yeah, Shirley Temple non-alcoholic. Have... Yeah. It's garnished with a good chip lollipop. I don't think that's true. She's I think alive. we've all Apparently probably had a Shirley Temple growing up. And just not know what it was called that, yeah. In a dirty glass. Remember when that was a thing? <laughs> <laughs> right. um, educator, I, we, we kind of touched base on this, the, the Widow in Black, a Vicky Victory match uh, on the first portion of this show. So why don't you just get right to it and break this one down? Yeah, so the Widow in Black ends up offering uh, Vicky Victory her favorite drink, a Shirley Temple. Uh, Vicky Victory seems pretty, you know, if wishy-washy about it, whether she should or should not take it. Uh, She ends up taking the drink and sucks it down through the straw, just completely chugs it. And then afterwards, the widow gets on the microphone talking about how, how dumb Vicky Victory is, why she would do that. Uh, but they end up getting and starting into the match and we end up seeing Vicky victory with a handspring and a big roundhouse kick. Vicky victory does an Irish whip and a stiff knee lift to the gut of the widow. And then she starts to sell that there's something off. She's not feeling well. She's sweating a little bit. Uh, her balance and coordination are a little bit off. Vicky victory tries to do an Irish whip and a handspring into a spinning leg, but ends up botching it. Uh, and selling it being like she's kind of drugged out or drunk or something. Uh, the window widow ends up trying to do a roll-up. but gets a two-count from the referee. Vicky Victory does a cradle roll-up of her own and gets a two-count. Uh, the widow ends up doing an Irish whip and catches Vicky Victory with a big scoop slam. The widow tries the Irish whip again, but Vicky Victory ends up hitting a tilt-a-whirl out of the scoop slam attempt and turns it into a body press 
taking the widow down to the canvas and ends up being a two count from the referee. Vicky Victory goes with a big running drop kick, but ends up starts selling. Uh, she misses the drop kick and ends up selling that she's kind of drunk or drugged. She tries to do a cartwheel, uh, but ends up falling down to the canvas. And then we see the widow following up by folding up uh, Vicky Victory's arms in the middle of the ring and ends up covering her body and draping her in a little black uh, scarf-like blanket. And she ends up standing on top of Vicky Victory with a one-legged pin. One, two, three. And your winner of the match, the Widow in Black. Post-match, we hear Johnny C calling for paramedics. And the paramedics get into the ring and they start tending to a down Vicky Victory as she's just laying motionless in the ring. I like the idea, but like we said before, this would have been a great idea for when Widow first debuted, re-debuted for this character. And that this is the thing she does and take advantage of characters with a poison. It's kind of like Big Bad Mama's voodoo gimmick, but not entirely because she's not taking over them. She's just incapacitating them. Uh, Vicky doing very well here, though, which she she can. She has bursts in her at times, uh, really holding her own, really looking like a big threat. And like she could defeat Widow any time if not for the poison. And it actually led to some good storytelling there of Vicky getting weaker and finally missing a move and finally she just collapses and can't do it anymore. But I think it gets huge heat for Widow as well. This is a great shady gimmick. It's it's inappropriate. It's wrong. She's taking advantage of people. She's getting wins under these nefarious means. Like, man, it could have been like a real fun gimmick. Could have done a lot for her. Again, it's glow though. But I'll give Vicky, the more and more glow we watch, there's certain people that can wrestle and certain people that are just good actresses. And I'll give Widow the credit for being a good actress for this. She's doing real well for getting her character over, enjoying the heck out of it. You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm surprised the, the paramedics knew what antidote to have for the poison, though. That's some forward thinking on their part. So we followed that up with Godiva's Bare Facts. Then we get MTV's Glow Connection. Hey, baby, she's the AOK DJ. Woo! And that, then we follow it up with match number three on the card, which is Chris Starlander taking on Babe, the farmer's daughter. Yeah, if only she had as much talent as, you know, Starlander. Huh. Well, Big Cab, what do you think? It would make sense. It would make that. sense. Oh. We all know how much of a fan you are of Starlander here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, not today. See. Start of the match begins with Star ramming Babe's head into the turnbuckle a few times. We see Star with a big Irish whip and a scoop slam. Star ends up holding Babe up in a fireman's carry and then tosses her off her by, uh, onto the canvas for a slam itself. We see Star with a big corner Irish whip, but Babe ends up countering with a head scissors and turns it into a Rana takeover onto the mat. Babe ends up running the ropes and hits a running drop kick onto Star, knocking her to the floor for or to the canvas, I should say, for and then goes for a pinfall attempt and gets a two count. We see Star with a corner Irish whip and a two-handed chokehold onto Babe into the corner. Uh, Babe ends up escaping out to the floor and Starve gives chase and follows out. 
We see Star ramming Babe into the plywood pillar, and Babe ends up selling as if she's got or received a knee injury as a result of being thrown into that plywood pillar. We end up seeing Star ramming Babe into the corner post, and we get the added sound effect, uh, the big thud for, uh, added for the TV audience. Star and Babe end up eventually rolling into the ring. Uh, Babe ends up hitting a running dropkick as Star is getting up to her feet. We see Babe uh, end up stopping a down star. She ends up climbing to the top rope. And I guess she is meaning to do a jump off leap into a big stop. But it looks like she almost slips off of the top rope itself. But ends up landing a modified stop into the midsection of a down star. And then interestingly enough, Babe ends up picking up Star and positions her as if she's almost going to do a modified Triple H pedigree, uh, but ends up doing a weird head scissors takeover roll and turns it into a cradle and is able to hold Star's shoulders to the canvas for a one, two, three pinfall victory. Your winner, Babe, the farmer's daughter. It was actually a good ending there. I was impressed with the move. Uh, I, I called it a leg scissors. I wrote uh, Babe with a leg scissors pin. That was actually really cool and well done. I was just so surprised by it. Uh, probably Star's best match. You know, she's usually just, tra- honestly, just garbage in the ring. But she held her own for Babe. Super quick match here. Um, really showed off Star's strength in the beginning when she was the one in control of the moves there. Uh, did they call her one of her moves the Jupiter effect? Did I hear that one correctly? <laughs> I was just a little surprised to hear that there. Um, but it honestly, it just it, it was super quick. Your usual glow trademark moves like uh, constant leg scissors, drop kicks that don't hit where they're supposed to. But for start being in the match, it was actually not bad on on uh, you know on my one star ratings here for one star being in the match. Maybe her best work there. I would say it was babe's best work of the night, but Oh my God, her stuff in the next match. I lost it for, even though she's not in it. She is the star of it. Did you mean the pun on star? I did. Okay. Um, so Kevin, as you were talking, I was wandering like I do. Well, have you ever eBayed uh, searched your name? My like which name? My eBay selling name? My no, your 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 government name. name? I don't think I have. Do you know? Curious why you did though. But anyways, no, I'm not searching your name. I'm searching my name. You could go online and buy my baseball cards. Is that your rookie card? Well, yes, it is. No, I don't think it. Uh, I have one another one. one. I think I have another. No, definitely not one of one. I got. How much you think my my? Okay, so so little known fact, guys. I was a bat boy for the Watertown Indians. We had a single A baseball team in Watertown, and I was a bat boy for it. And for they, they would release card sets, so I was one of the cards. Hilarious, right? Everyone, everyone, one, get a bunch of Batboy cards from, and these are from the mid 90s, and go to the bar with them. It, it's great. I put my phone number on them, I give them to girls. It's fantastic. <laughs> How much do you think my card is going for, Kevin? 
Is it signed? No, no, not signed. Is it slabbed? If you buy it and you come to RetroCon, I will sign it for you. Is it a, is it gem mint slabbed? No, it's not slabbed. Uh, I mean, the only thing slabbed is the beef on the photo. Five bucks plus shipping. How much do you think shipping is? How much of an four. investment do you think is? Shipping's four. Okay. Educator, what do you think? Um, probably ten bucks plus five dollars shipping. Well, thank you, educator, for being more expensive than what I am. For the low, low price of five dollars and fourteen cents, random, you can get a Matt Bustler Bat Boy Ricky card. You did it, man. On eBay, I made it, guys. Oh, it's, oh, it's got your stats on the back, too? Oh, yeah. So let's look at these stats real quick, guys. I was 5, uh, 1, or 51 inches, I think that is. That's got to be 51 inches, right? Yeah. It's 51 inches, 123 yeah. pounds. I bat right, throw right. Birthday. It's my birthday. Residence. Uh, school. Sacred Heart. Now, funny, my next card, which was 98, was the year of Stone Cold Steve Austin. The school I went to was SCU. Stone Cold University. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, oh, there's only one available. You guys got to remember, one. when you came to my house, you saw these stacks of cards I have of these. <laughs> I have like 5,000 of these. I'm pretty sure I still have one, but I don't know where it is right now. So, Kevin, you were it. talking about getting business cards for, for, yes, I was. for RetroCon. How about we just hand these out? <laughs> Let's paper RetroCon with my baseball photo. I will bring a bunch because I'm sure uh, it'll be fun for uh, Jason collects cards. You know, he can do a, uh, you know, a, a wax, pa- wax pack flashback with uh, opening up my, my deck. Give one to Mickey. Whoever's coming to RetroCon's getting them, so. There you go. Love it. Love it. I'm going to look to see if there's any other Bustler merchandise on here. But anyways, (laughs) uh, why don't we move on? We'll go to Beastie's Beanery. Uh, We actually get a segment for the Run for the Rubies tournament with Roxy Astor talking trash to Godiva. I actually liked this. Yes. I wish they did more of it throughout the tournament. It would have, you know, helped sell, you know, the the urgency of of trying to advance towards winning the crown. Yeah, and then we get a shampoo commercial. Oh, I was just saying, I wouldn't say it was a a big match field, but it gave it some importance more yeah. so than another match. More urgency rather than a regular card match, regular than a feature match, according to jo- you know Johnny C. Yeah, and then we get a shampoo commercial. We get our Mountain Fiji Dream sequence with Cheyenne Share. And then we get an interesting match, guys. We get the Caribbean Cruise match. Carlito Caribbean Cruise match. Yeah. Um, educator. I was looking for Savio through this match. What, I didn't see him in the crowd. Wait, what is going on here? I, you know, it, it's announced as a, a Caribbean Cruise match where the winner gets to go on a cruise. Uh, each of the ladies are coming to the ring in gimmick. They've got their bathing suits. They've got their luggage. They've got all their stuff that they're going to need. You know, Hollywood's got her bikini bottoms on over her gear that she wears. Big bad mama's got a full body bathing suit on top of her, 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 her big bad mama gear. You know, 
It's uh, MTV wearing uh, her bathing suit over her singlet that she normally would wear in a match. Big Bad Mom with the big flippers, though. That was kind of fun. I like that, her coming to the ring wearing those flippers. And then we see the the faces. They all have their luggage. We got Mountain Fiji. She's got her her food board with all of her her pineapples and snacks that she's going to have. And then we've got Hot Tag the Hellions. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Kevin Hellions Caribbean Cruise Hot Tag. Kevin, I thought this was the most obvious hot tag of the week. So why don't you take it away? All right. It's just such a weird match, too. So, Johnny. Oh, sorry, Nate. Where are my manners? For any of you who are listening for the first time, welcome. Once an episode, a random match is selected for me to give my notes. These are notes as I'm watching this show, for better or for worse. I don't know what match will be picked, so whether it's a good breakdown, a bad one, or a little peek into my psyche, it's all here on display for you. So from my notes. Johnny C is introducing the next match. Babe comes out dressed for vacation. Johnny sends her back, says it's a secret. Babe looks the cutest in this outfit, more so than her usual ring gear. Cruise match, Hollywood, MTV, and Big Bad Mama versus Lightning, Zelda, and Mountain Fiji. They all come out dressed for a cruise. This is absolutely great. Mama clobbers Fiji to start it off, and everybody is going at it. Order is established for a little bit, and Lightning versus MTV is going on in the ring. Nope, nope, now it immediately switches to Mount Fiji and Hollywood going at it. The heels attack the faces outside of the ring. The giants battle outside the ring. Hollywood and Zelda are the only two inside of the ring. There are messes everywhere. Mount Fiji charcuterie board, and I don't know if I'm saying that right, and I don't care, is just everywhere. All of the stuff that Zelda packed in her giant, um chest there that she's bringing for the cruise is everywhere at ringside the bell is ringing this match has barely even started and it is already over johnny c is screaming saying that the match is over because there is no prize there's no cruise there's no reason for this match to continue when there's nothing for the women to win he's so sorry there's been a mix-up at the same time, Babe comes running out in her cruise gear and tells Johnny that they really have to get going if they're going to make it in time. Every single woman in the ring besides Babe attacks Johnny C, stripping him of his clothes and getting ready to throw him before we go to break. It actually looked a lot like the scene of the previous guy when we started the season getting tossed from season two. That has been your Kevin Hellion's Caribbean Cruise Breakdown. Yeah, there really wasn't a match to call. But it really. just mostly brawling out. outside of the ring. I I found it awkward that um, we we see MTV is brawling, or I should say Hollywood is brawling with lightning in the ring, uh, and it, it, Hollywood is and lightning are going at it. But Big Bad Mama grabs the microphone, starts cutting on cutting a promo on Mountain Fiji mid like the beginning of the match. While there's already stuff going on, Johnny C's in the middle of the ring at the start of the. It's just it was weird shenanigans. It's 
it's just wrestle crap all over. It, it wasn't like a three-on-three match for a prize. It was like three individual matches were all happening in the ring at the same time. Right. Someone's trying to get the first, you know, pin. Well, it wasn't a pinfall. And it was weird that how the commentary is talking about the referee is counting for the girls out. But this is supposed to be a submission-only match, which I don't know. It's crazy. I mean, it's just throwing crap against the wall, not to see what sticks, but to just throw it out there, knowing the whole time you're just going to end the match. Right. You can call anything when you know what you're going to do at the end here. I honestly think... I like this more than just regular wrestling matches <laughs> because it's something different. It's entertaining. Like I expect this from glow. This is what I wanted. That campiness of it. And uh, yeah, it's something. Also, Johnny C big playboy. What's going on all of a sudden? He's been, he and babe have been flirting pretty consistently for the last few weeks. Right. And when he, when he acts like he's, getting chummy with someone else she comes running out all sorts of defensive and upset but i mean he's apparently the one using all the one-liners on her for the country girl dates johnny c i, I once worked with a guy like johnny c his name was kevin, oh, yeah. kevin d no wait <laughs> that's too obvious k decent we'll go with yeah yeah that'll work oh um, so so many hr meetings yeah just Yikes. uh is what it is so we follow that up. Oh, I forgot to to say, Kevin. Uh huh. What? Who'd you run? Who'd you run into that hates me? I wrote a note here for this match. Okay. And I was gonna bring it up to you guys. Question for you guys: What's worse, the Montreal Screwjob or the Caribbean Cruise Screwjob that Johnny C. Oh. tries to pull? Ringing the bell? This is where Vince I got the know. idea. It's gotta be. He used it eight years later, man. I mean, maybe this one, Johnny C screwed over six wrestlers, where Vince only screwed over one. No, come on. <laughs> Brett, Brett screwed Brett. Remember that. Johnny C screwed Johnny C. Right. Greatest wrestler ever. So We get reform school with Sarah and Mabel. Oh, we got a big one this week. Really expanding the vocabulary. Eureka. Got to use Eureka in a sentence. So, you know, teacher, you got too much perfume on, you reek a lot. Yeah. Putting the mud in education. Uh, right, baby. Get her done. GED, get her done. <laughs> See, I, I was... <laughs> this isn't mocking anyone that has a GED. This is my concern, Mabel. This is Maki, Sarah, and Mabel all day. It's just just crazy, the the gimmick, the heavy metal gimmick that they had before, and now they're doing this. It's just, All right, so after Reform School, we get uh, what apparently is Run for the Rubies. There's three remaining contestants. Daisy's been I thought they got down to four. I thought there would be, like, a final four, then go to two, but no. I, I don't know. Um. The the brackets for the run for the rubies makes no sense, but I do like Godiva calling out Roxy Aster, um, kind of playing in, really getting this feud going. Um, and then we get a shampoo commercial, we get Country Girl Dates, and that leads us to our main event of the evening, which is Godiva taking on Roxy Aster. Uh, Kevin, question for you. Yes. Do you think the English muffin can do it? 
I think if she pulls all of her nooks and crannies together, she can. I like it. I like it. Uh, what do you guys think of our main event? The f- great match. Don't like the finish. Yeah. As if, as if the tournament's already not confusing enough, let's have this finish. Yeah. But they were doing real well. I liked the hell out of the match until that ending. Yeah, it didn't make sense whatsoever. Back and forth. I I didn't like the inset interview with uh, Roxy poking fun at Godiva's weight. Yeah. I mean, like I you were already I've already complained about the ring or not the ring announcer, the play by play guy, you know, being brutal. But now the ladies are doing it to each other. It's just like, oh, come on. Also, Roxy is a face, but like really shouldn't be right. doing. So. Yeah. So uh, why don't you go ahead and break this one down for us, educator? All right. So the ladies start crisscrossing opposite sides, hitting the opposite ropes, and they hit a running clothesline, kind of Daniel Bryan on each other, and they both take a flat back bump. We see a double hair snap near takeover bump where both ladies hit the canvas. We see Godiva begin working on an arm on Roxy with an arm twist and then grinding an elbow into her into her arm and shoulder. Roxy ends up doing an Irish whip as a counter and then hip tosses Godiva to the mat. Godiva does recover with a big slam uh, and then a wrist lock takeover and then a twisting wrist to cause uh, Roxy to flip over onto the canvas onto her back. And then we see Godiva posing in the ring, standing with both of her feet on top of Roxy's exposed arm posing. We see Godiva going for the big running splash, but Roxy ends up rolling away. Roxy gets up, hits a running drop kick as Godiva gets back up onto her feet. We see Roxy do a double leg takedown after she was working on working down Godiva in the corner. And that double leg takedown turns into a catapult, sending Godiva across the ring towards the other corner. We see Roxy with a corner Irish whip, but Godiva ends up stomping a charging Roxy uh, and then ends up doing a head scissors Rana takeover into the ring. We see Godiva hitting a running drop kick that causes Roxy to fall to the canvas. Godiva hits the ropes and does a cartwheel to avoid a monkey toss attempt by uh, by Roxy Astor, and she ends up hitting the opposite rope and does execute and hits the big running splash. Uh, Roxy ends up forcing Godiva off after the one count and somehow turns it into a rollover pin attempt of her own, and Roxy only gets a one uh, one uh, a one pin count from the referee. Roxy does an Irish whip and ends up catching Godiva for like a power slam. And then we see an inset interview taking up most of the screen where Roxy ends up talking about how, how we recently experienced an earthquake of 7.4. I'm assuming this is the uh, the San Francisco earthquake that messed up the World Series, the Dodgers and Angels. Does that sound about right? I'm assuming it was because she said specifically 7.4. And uh, but then she said no and said it was just Godiva doing a splash. Roxy ends up doing a big scoop slam into a big falling slam, kind of like Mark Henry's old finish that he used to do, uh, but only gets a uh, one count from the referee. We see Godiva back, uh, backing Roxy into the corner and she ends up doing a pretty vicious slap across the face and then ends up uh, charging from the opposite corner and does hit the running Buckingham bounce. But Roxy is able to counter by tossing uh, Godiva over the top rope onto the floor. 
Godiva and now Roxy are brawling back and forth on the floor, and the referee ends up getting a 20 count count out. So there is no winner declared for the match. We have a double count out finish. To me, I was under the impression that the winner of this match goes on to take on Cheyenne Cher in the finals. So now in my head, if there's no winner, does that mean Cheyenne Cher's declared the champion? I don't know. I guess we'll have to see next episode. I don't have a clue what's happening for it, where it's going. And it really bothers me because it was a good match. Like, I was enjoying the heck out of that. I think Roxy's come very far in the last few episodes we've seen. And Godiva, you know, they make all the weight comments and everything. And, all right, let's say she's a little thick with two Cs. She can go, though. She can absolutely go in this ring. She was fantastic in here. Um, She was even getting aggressive. There was a big-time slap that she does to Roxy right in the corner. I was like, holy crap. Is she going to get away with that? That's a nasty slap. Lots of fun though. Um, I I'm so confused by Globe. Maybe it's good that we're at the end for it because my brain is like just ready to explode here with what the hell is going on in these matches. Like I'm at a loss. Yeah, like we said, I think Glow's fun to watch a couple episodes, but trying to go through twenty eight of them or twenty nine of them like we are doing. It's taxing. <laughs> it's it's, it's I, taxing. I, I was saying that to one of our podcasting friends here lately. Watching this once a week on a Saturday afternoon, and you know, I got my cartoons too, or you know, WWE superstars or something else. I could handle it, but watching two to get ready for this show, and then twenty something, even more over the course of this, it's brutal. <laughs> It's exhausting. Yeah. It is something. So uh, we follow that up with a mirror mirror segment. Uh, we get our. That's where the pie went. What's that coming? This is where the pie went. Where Tulsa's pie went. Because Vicky gets it three times. Yeah. We get our don't do drugs PSA with Hollywood. We get credits roll. Johnny C is with Beastie at the end. So that's it, guys. Another episode in the books. We did it. What'd you What'd you guys think? I am frustrated, I guess, because I have done a little fast forward and I've started watching the next episode and trying to get my head wrapped around the supposed booking and how they're handling the double count out. And we're going to have a lot to talk about next episode. I cannot wait. I'm excited. I, I am clueless. I haven't gone ahead. Kevin, of course, has gone ahead. So. I, I know who gets the title, but I don't know yeah. how we get there. So yeah. I am also Lee Silverstone along with you. Can I ask one question? Yeah. We are down to Godiva, Roxy, and Cheyenne Cher. Okay. Does at least one of them get the crown? <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm just curious if all of a sudden it's like Beastie wins. What? What it's just a swerve. It's a swerve and it goes to Aunt Kitty. Oh, it goes to Aunt Kitty. Aunt Kitty on a pole match was Russo booking. What the hell's going on? <laughs> yeah, so. Oh my God. Russo booking glow. Oh, God, that'd be delightfully awful. You like that? I mean, not like one. 
I would like to see one. <laughs> one episode of it. So Yeah. <laughs> well, we all know how he he, he loves his women's segments. So Yeah. Yeah. It would be bad, but I think that's gonna do it for us this week. Educator, anything you want to say to the people out there? Hey, thank you guys so much for tuning in to us this Thursday morning, Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening, whichever works for you. As always, please check out the Retro Network and the various offerings that they have. A big thank you to my two co-hosts today. Fantastic time trying to get our tiptoe our way through here this season of GLOW. Uh, looking forward to wrapping this up, having a blessful, restful summer. And then looking ahead to projects that we're possibly looking into for the fall. Yeah, guys. And I just want to say thank you for joining us this week. Of course, um, yeah, we're here every week, it feels like, for the rest of our <laughs> lives with Glow. Uh, no, I want to thank our two co-hosts. I want to thank 2 by TV for all that great Glow action. Uh, you can follow me online, as always, at Maddie Treats. That's at Maddie Treats. And... If you want a baseball card, not one you have to buy off eBay, but one from the guy himself, I'll bring a few to RetroCon. If you want them, you're getting them. Kevin, take us all. All right, I don't have a card, but I'll try to have something in time for Retro Card or RetroCon rather. You got a Retro Card? For retro card yeah <laughs> thank you again for another great show thank you to the retro network for hosting us thank you to tubi and pluto for carrying this for all of our listeners thank you richard reader and jason gross for our logos you can follow us across the internet follow us across the internet at trn house show you can follow matt online at maddie treats you can follow me online at mass library masslibrary.com is my home blog shout out to our friends over at us with wrestling um, shout out to everyone going to RetroCon. If you're going, let us know. You know, if you like hearing our voices, you'll love hearing it in, por- in person. And uh, guys, speaking of people that love us, speaking of people love me, we've talked a lot about my uh, mistakes I've made in the past in relationships. And I decided I was going to make a list. And we talked about this before on a previous episode. But I decided instead of a list, I should make a graph of all of my past relationships. Oh, yeah, Kevin. Yeah, so I have labeled it the X-axis and the Y-axis. I thought you were going to do a pie chart. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.